At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Increase of Our Reality, I'd really appreciate it if you could drop a review or a rating and I'll give you a shout out on the show. While you're at it, come join the Telegram group and follow the show on Instagram and across social media. If you'd like to support the show, check me out over on Patreon for early access to Inquiries of Our Reality and Big Dumb Inquiries, which is the Swapcast show I co-host with Kyle Rainey of the Big Dumb Podcast. If you'd like to pick up some merch, come check out the merch store. If you want to help me out to upgrade my equipment and pump out even more awesome content for you guys, come donate over on Anchor or Kofi. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered, or you feel you have something to contribute to the show, send me an email at inquiriesofallrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the Linktree link to be directed. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you, and I couldn't be doing this without you. Now enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 36th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today with me, I have Sean Barnett from Cryptid Country. How's it going, man? It's going good. How you doing? Not too bad. You know, same shit, different day. Not in a bad way. That's usually what I always say. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. <laughs> That's for sure. So uh, for anybody that doesn't know what Cryptic Country is, uh, why don't you give, give them an explanation? Let everybody know what you do. Um, Cryptic Country is a Instagram uh, channel uh, that I run and I'm, I've got one up on YouTube. Uh, I will have a podcast, more episodes coming on Anchor, which is also uh, published, uh, published on uh, Spotify. I also have a Facebook page, a Twitter account, which I just started because of the whole Elon Musk taking over. I figured it might kind of boost it a little bit. And uh, I do I delve into the world of cryptids and the possibility of different cryptids. It's all around our world. And we just uh, just discuss on, you know, your thoughts and comments when I publish videos or publish stories about them. So I guess a good place to start. <clears throat> what got you into uh, being interested in cryptids? Was it something that happened in your life or was it just you've always had an interest or? I think it's more the interest of the unknown. 
want to understand what the unknown is. And you know, the possibility of different types of life forms that possibly could be roaming this earth and other dimensions too. So uh, what's your favorite cryptids to look into personally? Uh, mine would probably be the Dogman and uh, Mothman of West Virginia. I luckily uh, went on vacation last year and got to visit Point Pleasant in person, got to see the Mothman statue in person and visit the Mothman Museum. So it was kind of like check mark off my bucket list. That's something I'll definitely have to get to. Coming from Michigan, I know you said you're from Ohio. We, like, we have the Michigan uh, Dogman. Um, I don't know if you've been up here to check it out, but I hear that it pops up every 10 years, ending with seven. So I'm yeah, intending on in five years going and checking that area out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. I know uh, on June 25th, we are going to the uh, Bigfoot Festival that is in, I think it's Summit, West Virginia. And I'll probably be doing a live broadcast from there, um, meeting all the no locals and seeing all the neat Bigfoot stuff. Hey, that's how you get some of the best stories, though, is from all the locals. Like oh, yeah. you know, a lot of the people do this conventions and they'll just go around and interview different people at the conventions and get different stories. Yeah, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to doing. That's for sure. So I got to ask now, too, what's uh, what's some of the craziest stories that you've heard as far as like from looking into cryptids or just hearing from different people? Probably one of the weirdest cryptid stories that I ever heard. I don't know the exact name of it, but the creature supposedly has six penises on his chest. Oh, wow. And it's it's like a four-legged horse, half man, half horse with like six penises on his chest. And I'm like, okay, that was just off the wall. I don't know where somebody came up with that idea, but I doubt that one would be real. And they said something about that. It would come to you at night and molest women in their sleep. And it would use all six penises on them. I, that one, I just completely off the wall. <laughs> what? That kind of reminds me of the whole like sleep paralysis kind of a concept. Like, I feel like that's something that somebody would come up with while they're in that state. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, the possibility of something like that existing. I, I think that if something like that existed, that every man would be envious of that, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, but then you go into like succubuses and incubuses though. Cause yeah, I mean, that's kind of the same, same kind of along the lines where it's just something that like molests you in your sleep, just the male and female versions. Uh, that is a possibility. And that's just the way that they, during their sleep paralysis might've saw it. You know, that's the way it may have presented itself to it. But as far as a physical living being, I, I doubt that one is a real thing, <laughs> to be honest with you. Maybe they were watching some uh, hentai before they went to bed and they were having <laughs> a crazy anime dream and they woke up and it came into the real world. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of an octopus, it's a thing with six sticks on its chest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, if I had that, I wouldn't have to worry about just one wife. <laughs> Dude, if there was the female version of that, though, like oh, it would almost that, be one of those things where it's like too much, where it's like, I don't know, which one do I go after? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have one, enough hands for all that. Which one do I want tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have enough hands for this. What do I do? <laughs> exactly. Or mouse. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess you just play any miny mo with that one. Yeah, just take a pick, you know, whenever one starts to get a little bit worn out, you know, for lack of a better word. Go on to the next one. <laughs> next one. <laughs> when it gets a little dry, you just switch to the next one. Exactly. <laughs> what's uh, what's probably the most realistic cryptid that you've heard of that you you believe that could actually be a very, very big possibility that it actually does exist? In all reality, and I, I know it's probably beaten to the ground, but Bigfoot. 
So I got to ask you then, what's uh, what's your what's your pickups on Bigfoot then? Do you think he's interdimensional? Do you think he's just like a missing link? Do you think he's a like a random kind of creature? Like what's what's your uh, what's your idea of Bigfoot? I guess in full description. I honestly myself personally believe that uh, it might be a creature that we haven't discovered yet, and you know it's it's always found in the remote places, all of, of anywhere. You know the Yowie, Bigfoot, Yeti. Uh, all of them are always in a remote place. And those are usually places that, you know, man hasn't really, you know, I guess you would say uh, interfered with or settled yet. So a lot and somebody brought up a point to me that, you know, how do we know that it's not, you know, an escaped monkey that somebody had that, you know, was a pet and they couldn't take care of it. So they just released it out into the wild and it has actually survived that long. You know, that that to me, that's a possibility. And I know here in Ohio, we we have our own version of uh, Bigfoot. It's called the Ohio Grassman. And uh, it's technically just a big Bigfoot, but they found proof that there is one somewhere around here in Ohio in the remote areas of Ohio that they found huts that were built out of like trees, uh, straw, grass. And that's how he got his name was the Grassman from his huts that he built. Those things are getting super close. Like we were talking about before the show where it's like, I feel like that's the big one right now, but it has the most proof behind it. Cause I have a buddy named Grub from Australia. who's always sending me a uh, Yowie prints, like big prints that like clearly couldn't be any other animal. And he like explains it and shows me like what a kangaroo print looks like. And he's like saying like, see with the amount of pressure, like it wouldn't make the shape. Um, I don't know. They're just, they're just so close to the real world that they're just it's so probable. And if they are intelligent creatures, like who's to say that they're just not intelligent enough to know to avoid humans because exactly. there's a lot of animals that just stay deep in the woods because they know that we're no good. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, like I said, there's parts of, uh, you know, like in Oregon and Washington up in the, you know, the mountains that, you know, people's gotten lost and never been found again for years until they found the remains. So, you know, it's, it's a possibility. We don't know what's out there exactly. And I don't want to be the one saying, Hey, I want to be the one to discover it, but I do. I do think it would be an interesting field to follow and actually, you know, devote time and effort towards if I actually had the, you know, the effort at least in the time, but in all reality, I think that that has more of a chance of, cause you know, you've heard reports of Bigfoot families have been spotted and they've been recorded. Uh, I know there was a video uh, that I'm going to be probably putting up on Instagram that uh, actually has a mother Bigfoot carrying a baby Bigfoot that's walking away from the camera, trying to run away from, I guess, a human. And, you know, compared to like the Loch Ness Monster, uh, somebody brought up to me one time, is like, do you believe in the Loch Ness Monster? I said, you know, I, I can't say it's a, a plesiosaur like they, you know, like most people think. I said a lot of the things that, in my opinion, I think it's like a gigantic eel. Because in order for a plesiosaur to survive in a water like that, it would have to have the means, number one, food resources. And the lake's just, for something that size, it's just not big enough to have the food resources for it. And you wouldn't just have one that's been around, you know, since the 1600s, whenever it was first discovered in that, uh, that one uh, priest that actually said a blessing and sent it away because it was attacking a man. You know, you would have to have a large family in order for that species to continue. And somebody brought it to me, you know, I, I told them personally, I think it's like a gigantic eel. And they were like, well, have you ever thought about a whale penis? That it's, you know, 
you know, he showed me a picture of it and it, you know, it does kind of resemble what the Loch Ness monster looks like. So, you know, that's a possibility. It might be a small whale that's living there, but for something like a plesiosaur, I'd be more apt to believe that Bigfoot was more realistic than the Loch Ness monster would be being a plesiosaur. I mean, as far as like the Loch Ness monster goes, um, like that particular location for it, I feel like has just kind of been blown out of proportion where if anything, it's just like, you know, like a legend now more so than anything. Yeah. But I do think that it's definitely probable for there to be different types of like water cryptids, because if there's any part of this planet, especially we haven't explored, it's it's the water systems and like yeah, definitely the ocean. Yeah. And like, who knows what could be at the bottom? Like they just recently started discovering uh, like underwater oceans is the best way to describe it. And this guy discovered it. And then ironically, two weeks later, you know, plane or helicopter crash. That's usually how those types of things go. Yeah. Uh, he was saying he was trying to bring his uh, sub down there and it was just bouncing off the surface like he couldn't go lower than that. So there could be another Marianas Trench deeper inside of the ocean that we have no idea how to get down into. And whatever's living down there may be smart enough to know not to come up because, again, with people like, you know, nothing but bad things are going to happen. Like even the Kraken, we looked at that exactly. like it was a myth forever. And now we're starting to discover like giant squids. So it's like. And, you know, animals, uh, they do pick up on humans and the human race were a very very violent and uh i guess what you would say malicious species and our first reaction is you know first reaction when somebody sees a bigfoot bigfoot they will shoot it you know they're terrified i can understand that but you know maybe the animals pick up the cryptids do pick up on that and they just try to shy away from you know human race because they know how violent we could be and malicious that we can be I mean, it's no different from humans, man. If like, you know, we get back into a corner or an animal gets back into a corner, the first thing it's going to do is attack, even if the other animal isn't necessarily being a threat. So it's like maybe the Bigfoot are intelligent enough that they know this. And that's why they avoid people is because they're doing it for their own safety. Because again, they know like what humans natural reactions are going to be. But at the same time, though, too, like if a bunch of people cornered a Bigfoot into a corner, like, you know, its reaction is going to be no different because humans first thing they got to do when they find something that it's an unexplored animal is they don't want to save it and preserve it. They want to kill it and dissect it. Exactly. So, that being said, they know that whatever first Bigfoot gets caught is going to be one that gets dissected. <laughs> exactly. And you know, it's, it's a shame that the human race is that way, you know, instead of discovering and actually understanding that our intentions are destroying. Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, you see that through history too, even just like within our own history of like, different locations, different uh, civilizations, like people destroy as they go through in order to rebuild their message and discover as they see it. But it's not really discovering to destroy the old, you know, it's, you're just destroying a, a piece of history that's needed. And because of this happening so frequently through time, that's why, like, you know, we look at ancient civilizations and we're just making theories about what actually happened is because so many different other civilizations have been in those locations, tore those locations apart, rebuilt them how they needed it. Exactly. Just the story's so mixed, like you can't you can't figure out which end is up, you know, especially with like Egypt, for example. Exactly. But yes, yeah, that's, that's just I guess people at their core, unfortunately. But you just got to keep hoping that people will uh, learn how to discover without destroying, and then maybe we can start getting on top of these cryptids. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be so awesome. But it's not exactly a cryptid. But I always like to ask people who are into this. Uh, method of thinking of course uh what's what's your take on like extraterrestrials and like aliens or ufos like however you want to describe it do you think they're um, interdimensional or to me i believe they're interdimensional i don't really think that they're from another planet because just the simple fact is that you know time and space is infinite 
you know, it, it, it's like what, six months just to travel to Mars, which is just a few light years away. So unless they know they can bend time and reality and, you know, like take the wormhole and take one side and take the other side and push it all together and make the distance shorter. So in a way, I guess they would be kind of interdimensional in a way because they're crossing across so many light years. But, and to me, I, to me, I believe they're from another dimension and they have figured out a way to come into our dimension and make themselves known. But it is a possibility that they, they might be from another planet because, you know, the universe is so vast, you know, and there's so many planets out there that's yet to be discovered. That's too far off for a human to even travel to. So, you know, they may have found a way to bend themselves around it, but I have in my past, I have encountered a UFO sighting at least once. I couldn't, you know, I'm not saying it was an alien spaceship. It was exactly what it was, you know, an unidentified flying object. I couldn't, it definitely wasn't a plane or a helicopter, so I couldn't identify it. But as far as me saying it was alien, I can't say. But I do believe that there's a possibility of those. Yeah, I mean, even that could be what they're doing at CERN. Maybe they're trying to figure out how to uh, make wormholes so that they could travel through it because the whole idea of CERN is so mysterious and you know they're never going to actually say directly what they're doing. And that's where you get the, you know, dimensions coming together and you get the Mandela effect idea from. But like again, the root cause of it could easily be them trying to figure out a different way to travel because unless the extraterrestrials have an ability to live significantly longer than humans or to travel faster than the speed of light, like it's improbable to be able to go across the universe without some exactly. other form of technology that we don't understand yet. Exactly. Or they, you know, they have understood how to bend time and space to their needs in order to travel. Have you heard the theories that they're us, but from the future, that's another yes. possibility too. Yes. They're not actually I, going anywhere. <laughs> I've actually seen a couple of videos where uh, it was supposedly from area 51 and they had an alien and they were, uh, interviewing it and he was explaining that he was from their future he was actually the human race sent back in time to try to deter uh the path that he was from from the human race today following that same path and destroying ourselves say i actually had a uh ufo extraterrestrial contactee um on my show recently Mm -hmm. and uh she was describing the fact that she said pretty much what she was told by the extraterrestrials that she was in contact with um, is that we all came from the same source and essentially like we are on this planet and they end up going somewhere else and we've adapted to the planet where they've adapted to another planet. And then that's why we, they get into the whole uh, like why they take people and probe them and do all these different things. Because a lot of the UFO stories that she pointed out also was that, uh, like a lot of people will be scared of what's happening because you don't understand it. And it's natural instinct to be scared of something you don't understand. But uh, a lot of the contacts with extraterrestrials, they'll actually heal ailments on people almost like they're trying to help. But yeah, I've heard that story before how they do sometimes uh, some people that was, wasn't able to have babies and, you know, reproduce uh, the woman actually, you know, had a experience where she was abducted and it wasn't too shortly after that she was able you know, to reproduce so I have heard, I've heard they do have some type of healing capabilities and technology that they can, they're actually trying to help mankind. And she was describing different races too, that have different uh, things that they do. Like uh, for example, the, the, there's like a light being race, which is what mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the blood. So sorry, but they, he said that they cured just Crohn's disease. I believe it was Crohn's disease. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's like the Watcher race, as they described, which seems to be these like Mantis type beings, which have also been described through a lot of different uh, other people's contact stories. And then there's like the race that kind of just sees us as a food source, which gets into like the whole reptilian race concept. Yeah, kind of like the whole V (laughs) story. (laughs) Pretty much, honestly. And I got to ask, too, because I'm always curious about this. There's half the community that sees the reptilians as being actual reptilian, like another species. And then the other half sees it as just more of like a metaphor for like cold blooded people or these cold blooded uh, bloodlines that have descended through time that they saw themselves as like, you know, some type of special descendant of something. Um, What side of the fence do you stay on? Oh, actually, I believe in both of them. It's a possibility. That's kind of where I'm at, too, honestly. Kind of depends on who you're talking about. You know, if you if you go through it, uh, you know, uh, the Rothschilds, they were a pretty malicious group. Uh, They're they're They control, you know, two thirds of the world's monetary monetary funds and stuff. So, you know, that that I guess it would kind of describe a cold blooded person, you know, and I've always heard like the uh, 12 uh, bloodlines of the Illuminati, you know, the uh, royalty, how it's, it's all inbred and they believe that they're the pure bloods. Um, but, you know, as far as like the shape shifting, that's a possibility. You know, like I said, there, there's so many things out there in the world that's yet to be discovered. And yet that we, we don't understand that, you know, it's, it wouldn't be so hard for, you know, an alien species or, you know, cryptids or anything like that to actually exist in our physical realm realm. Do you, uh, so I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm going to start off by saying I'm not like a super religious person, but are you, do you like read the Bible and know about the book of Enoch? Yes. So like that refers to, uh, basically like angels breeding with people and creating Nephilims. Yes. So, the giants. Yep. If you're following that story, I feel like a lot of those families that we refer to as the reptilians that think they're from like a special bloodline, there's a possibility that, you know, if the Bible is hundred percent true and correct that maybe those people are the descendants of the Nephilim and the giants. That's, That's why they see the bloodline is special. Well, I know uh, supposedly back in the thirties that they did find skeletons of a giant race, but the Smithsonian ha- uh, ordered them to be destroyed because it was going to disrupt what the ca- uh, Roman Catholic church wanted us to believe was the actual evolution of humans, that giants never existed and that humans were the only ones that were here on earth. See, I was hearing the Smithsonian bought up a bunch of giant skeletons. Like, there was a bunch of them known. And you can actually still find some in South America that the Smithsonian actually didn't get a hold of. But, uh, yeah, yeah I've seen some reports of them still popping up. Them still finding some giant skeletons here and there. And then, you know, you got the whole story of uh, the uh, giant of Kandahar in Afghanistan, where the uh, Marines supposedly encountered one, and they supposedly shot it, and they shipped it back to the United States to be studied. Do you uh, have more information on that story? Like how tall the giant was? I'm kind of curious if it was just like a human tall or like a tall, tall. He was, all I know is that the story goes that there was, I think a six or 12 Marines that went and investigated a cave when they were hunting down the Taliban during the whole uh, Afghan war. And they stumbled upon one. And he was, I think they said 10 to 12 feet tall. (laughs) And uh, he wiped out two thirds of the, that encountered him and they luckily took him down. He was just, I mean, they unloaded round after round after round into him 
and they finally took him down. And when they finally took him down, they took him and uh, supposedly he was shipped here to Ohio at Wright Pad Air Force Base, you know, the infamous base where the aliens from Roswell were supposedly sent mm -hmm. and which is just a hop, skip and a jump away from where I live. So, you know, it's a possibility because, you know, if you go back and you read the Bible, it says that uh, Goliath was a giant. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I believe that the Neph Nephilim, you know, they were actually real at one time. And, you know, there might be still some that's in existence in the remote parts of the world, like in the mountains of Afghanistan, because, you know, they couldn't even find supposedly Osama bin Laden hiding in the caves. So, you know, there's so many intric intricate cave networks that's in that region. It, they, you know, they could have went underground for all we know. See, and that goes into the whole hollow earth theory, too. And even with cryptids, like who's to say that a lot of these cryptids aren't hiding places like that? Like even if they're hiding in like cave systems in America, that could be where like half the Bigfoots are hiding that. And well, I know one theory that I heard with like the Loch Ness Monster was that Loch Ness Monster and Champ were the same creature uh, from like Champlain. It's just that there's an underground water tunnel that it travels back and forth through. When it runs out of resources in one area, it goes to that until it runs out of resources there. And then it goes back to where it originally came from to feed off the resources there. I mean, that kind of goes into like what could have happened with the Nessie story, why people only saw one of them, if it wasn't, you know, just a will dick, as you're describing earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that maybe it was just one went through that water system, was in that area, got photographed, and then it started all this mystery about it. That thing went back into wherever it came from. And then, you know, there could have been out in the ocean. There could be a whole family of these damn things. And it was just one that was trapped in that particular lake at that time because it went through a certain water tunnel and that's why we're all just focusing on this location but that was never necessarily the location that they were in yeah that, not, not the original source from where it came from yeah exactly and there's there's a lot of different stories as far as uh like water cryptids for south america and i know in in michigan at least we have one and they describe it as like a water panther and it's a native american hmm. legend in the upper peninsula so i mean again if there's any cryptids that are extremely probable it's definitely the ones in the water yeah because you know like the mariana trench we haven't even seen the bottom of it so we don't even know what is you know really living down there and thriving down there because i know uh i think it was either a year or two ago uh, the government supposedly ran some type of test out there around their mariana trench and they had detonated like a I think it was like a four ton nuclear bomb underneath the water and the, the explosion was so massive. And uh, somebody brought up a point on one of the broadcasts that I seen it on was like, you know, were they running the test or did they find something and they were trying to destroy it or wake it up that they might have found down there? Trying to play it off. It's almost like, uh, like literally you never know. Cause even just different stories about like mermaids, for example, like they also fit the description for like aquaforians or however it's worded, but like they, you know, extraterrestrial species that are like aquatic, you know, and that would explain yeah. a lot of the UFOs that come out of the water too. They could be hiding down, down, down deep. Cause again, they know what, what people are and what we do. So they, they know better because I'm sure they're intelligent enough if they're described as they are. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, the, the human race is, is just a, such a violent race. I mean, the damage that we afflict on each other, just imagine what they think if they see us inflicting the damage on each other. You know, well, they, they could do that to me. So I'm not going to make my presence known or get close to these people. Even for like the mermaid thing, too, like uh, people were describing them back in, you know, back when people were sailing. I, I don't know exactly when the story started, but just our technology has advanced so much since then. Who's to say their technology isn't the same and they've learned some complete way to cloak themselves from us? Or again, 
it's also a possibility that, you know, governments maybe know about them and we kind of have this like deal where we're just like, all right, you guys are too much for normal society. We'll leave you alone. You leave us alone. You stay down there. We'll keep you guys a secret and nobody's allowed to go down to that area. And maybe that's why that guy who uh, discovered the underwater oceans, why he, you know, had the random helicopter crash two weeks after he discovered that. Yeah, just kind of like supposedly just happened for no reason. That's how that always goes down, man. As soon as somebody starts getting a little bit too much information, it's either a suicide or a random helicopter crash or a yeah, plane it, crash. Yes, yeah, something always happens to them. It's a list, man. That's that's what it comes down to. Usually it's suicide, I swear, because that's like a way that I feel like they can also kind of discredit somebody in the same process and make exactly. it more, more realistic because everybody questions a helicopter crash or a plane crash, but a suicide, everybody just, you know, shows their remorse and, you know, they don't really look too much into that unless you're into the conspiracy concept of things then you know we we ultra dig into that kind of shit but yeah <laughs> so many different types of conspiracies branch off just one conspiracy and i i mentioned to somebody i was like you know that's that's one subject that it'll drive you crazy is uh if you get into conspiracies because if you look into one conspiracy it leads down 12 other rabbit holes and when you go down them 12 rabbit holes it leads to every 12 that you looked at it leads to 24 more i said it's just never ending I said, hearing the conspiracy is the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> exactly. And I said, you know, I, I used to study that stuff and it, it got to the point where it, it, it would drive you mad. It would really drive you crazy trying to figure out, you know, what's going on and you trying to comprehend and understand it. So I'm curious now, what's what's some of the ones that you've dived the deepest into and what information have you found about them? Uh, it would probably be uh, mostly the shadow government. And all the different things that the shadow government has supposedly done, you know, from putting certain dictators in power and uh, taking certain dictators out if they didn't go along with like uh, like the whole uh, Gaddafi thing in Libya. They try to say that it was uh, an uprising. They just didn't want to deal with him. But one of the conspiracies that I heard was that Gaddafi was getting ready to ditch the petrodollar and go to gold standard when it came to go, uh, gold. And there's only like two other countries now in the world that the Rothschilds and the big banker families that doesn't own. And two thirds of one of them's are, uh, Iran. And around that time, they were trying to establish Libya into their fold and get all their money. Libya refused, and that's the reason why they took Gaddafi out. If people don't believe in a shadow government and a whole secret organization on top of that, like you're living in the wrong time, I guess. Because after all exactly. this like COVID stuff, like it's almost undeniable at this point. Exactly. And the the newer thing that they come up with now is uh the monkeypox. <laughs> so, I actually have a story for that one. So oh, I go to like 7-Eleven yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I live in a in Roseville, Michigan. So there's a lot of uh, like local local drunks. And uh, I go into 7-Eleven to get a Slurpee. And uh, this guy comes up to me and he's like, why aren't you wearing a mask? Slurring his words, of course, very, very bad. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, what do you mean? And he's like, aren't you scared of the monkey pox? I'm like, I think you need to stop watching the news, my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> my thing was is... Uh during the whole COVID thing was, you know, everybody was like, why don't you wear a mask? Why don't you wear a mask? And I pulled the old democratic <laughs> slogan, my body, my choice, you know, 
And, oh, well, no, you can't say that. Well, you know, if you can say that, you know, for abortions, why can't I say that about my body and not want to take the vaccine or not want to wear the mask? You know, that's my body, my choice. I know the risks. You know, if, if I catch it, I catch it. That's nobody's fault but my own. I knew, you know, what precautions I needed to take. I made the choice not to. That just shows how deep the brainwashing goes, though, is that they don't even have to enforce it themselves. Like everybody around you is willing to enforce it because they're so scared of all this shit. And they don't want to look into stuff. They're just like, yeah, let's get it because it's good for everybody around us. Or, yeah, let's get it because I need it to work my job. But I keep telling people, like, I'm against even, like, the fake vaccine passports because you're just feeding into the system that way. And you're just making them think that they won. But if everybody makes a stand and says, fuck that, I'm not doing it, they can't do anything. And as soon as you give away that right, that's when they have rights to tell you what you can and can't put in your body. And that's, that's the next step. Like, they already took away any type of freedom going on a plane with 9-11, um, exactly. slowly trying to strip away freedom of speech with cancel culture. And, you know, the next they're going for it with, you know, COVID didn't work. So now they're going to try the monkey pox because it sounds scarier, you know? <laughs> yeah. And if, you know, one thing that I always tell people, you like when my kids ask me something, you know, I had one of my son, uh, one of my sons when he was younger, he looked at me and he was like, dad, how do sea urchins move? I, I don't know. You want to know that question? Google it. So anytime they come up and ask me a question, I'm like, I don't know, Google that shit, you know, do your own research. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the only way you're going to learn. You know, if you listen to everybody else around you, you're just going to follow into the line of sheeple mm-hmm. pretty much. You're, you're not thinking for yourself. You're thinking, I mean, I know the human race thinks as one consciousness, you know, we're all part of the same matrix and we all, I don't know how you say it, We are like a liberal, like a hive mind. Yeah. You know, we, we know when something's wrong. We know when something's going good. It's just, it's just naturally bred into us. And, you know, if you listen to people, you know, if they tell you, you know, Hey, rub dog shit on your head and you won't catch monkey pox or you want to go put dog shit on your head just because they told you to. Yeah. Without any type of like looking into it and even like off Google and stuff too, it's like, you have to search multiple pages. You can't even just go off the first answer you see, because you can look up, for example, is coffee bad for me? And you'll find answers that are supporting both sides. So it's you, like, know, you get a sniffle when you look it up on Google and you, you find out all the symptoms. And, oh, my God, I'm dying because of what Google said. Yep. You know, I felt like I was a sniffle. I'm not dying, but they get they put it in your head that you are dying. And, you connect. know, I'm not saying that like the COVID wasn't real. Uh, I know back before it all blew up, uh, I had gotten really, really sick. And I went to the doctor and the doctor told me that I had some type of viral disease. They just didn't know what it was. And, you know, they were always pushing the vaccination, but I was always raised that the best immunization from a disease is your own body fighting it off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not totally anti-vax, you know, because my kids have been vaccinated, but I'm not going to have them inject something in my body that they've only done a six month study on. But that's where it comes into the right to choose, too, because I'm not saying anybody's bad if they feel the need to get it. All I'm saying is don't step on me because I don't choose to get it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, my body, my choice. Exactly. And if you you can put whatever you want in your body, if you want to, I'm not sit like, I don't know exactly what the vaccine is specifically, but, you know, theoretically, if somebody wanted to put mercury in their body because somebody said it was good for them, like, that's your choice to do that. I'm not going to do that. But, you know, if you choose to do it, that's on you. (laughs) Yeah, that is totally up to you. You know, everybody's entitled to their own personal choices. 
you know, that that's the God given rights to us. You know, we have a right to, you know, assemble. We have a right to speak our minds if we want to. And whenever you do speak your mind, whether, you know, be cryptids or uh, aliens or, you know, the vaccinations or whatever, you're automatically people start shooting you down. And, you know, you encounter the people. It's like, you know, you listen to my side of the story. You listen to what I have to say, but I'm not willing to listen to what you have to say. And we could have a decent civilized debate or conversation about it. See, and that's where the cancel culture comes in now is because it's like everybody says, oh, be free, be whoever you want. But if you think differently than me, then I want to silence you. Exactly. I see a problem with that until it starts coming back on their end. Then they're going to go, oh, shit, what have you been feeding into? Exactly. Exactly. Dude, perfect example I always love to use is the whole Joe Rogan thing that happened where uh, you had a bunch of these uh, musicians that were basically saying, take my music off Spotify. But half those musicians were around in the 60s when they were fighting for their, their right to speak their mind. Yeah, and they were like, anti-government during the whole time period. Yeah, now you're going completely against what you said. Even like Rage Against the Machines, they're so anti-government, it's ridiculous. But they're one of the first bands that were like, all right, everybody at our concerts needs to be vaccinated and have a mask on. Like, really, Rage Against the Machines? <laughs> exactly. You know, you, you guys were the ones that inspired people, you know, my age and like your age that, you know, you think for yourself. You know, you stand up to what you you stand up for what you believe in. You stand up for what you believe is right. You know, whether it's wrong or you're right, that is your God given right. You know, and now that you got all the like you said, all these stores that are coming out. And, you know, like I heard like Lee Greenwood uh, since the whole shooting down in Texas. Uh, I don't know if you know who Lee Greenwood is. He's one of the things uh, proud to be an American. Yeah. Uh, he used to be, you know, stand up for America, be anti-establishment. Now he's on the board, jumping on board. You know, he supported the NRA. Now he's completely anti-gun. You know, I don't get take that guns away from people. Either. Yeah, you take guns away from people. You're taking guns away from the people that are trying to protect themselves because the people that are doing the mass shootings, like they're not buying guns legally in their name. Oh, no, they're buying them straight off the street. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like I explained to my wife, you know, that, that when I heard the news about the stuff down in Texas, I said, you know, what if he went to the school and started bashing the kids heads in with baseball bats? Are they going to take baseball bats away from Major League Baseball and take them out of stores? You know, you could buy a gun and you could set it on the table. That gun's not going to kill anybody. It's going to take somebody to pick up that gun and pull that trigger in order to kill somebody. And it's not the, the, the inanimate object is not the evil thing. It's the person that is controlling the inanimate object is evil with evil intentions. Yeah. It's, it's all about the, the intention behind it. That's what it comes down to. But like, realistically, if somebody wants to go around killing a bunch of people, like regardless if they have a gun or not, they're going to find a method to do so. Like exactly bring shit up. So it's going to happen regardless, whether exactly. you take it away or not. Exactly. And you know, like you said, you know, they want to take it away from people that actually went by the law, went through all the paperwork they needed to go through. They're wanting to take their guns away. And, you know, these people did nothing wrong. They just had the right to possess their own gun and protect their own families if need be and protect themselves. And that comes into the whole like shadow government concept that it's like, I, I, I'm not saying every single school shooting or any kind of shooting is necessarily false, but there, I feel like a lot of them are intentionally done um, because they're trying to pull guns away from people for the aspect of, you know, they don't want anybody to be able to rise up. And if people have their own, ar you know, armory at home, like how easy is it to start a revolution versus if they just have it where there's no guns on the street and you can only get illegal guns, um, you know, it's going to be a lot harder for people to defend themselves if there was ever an opportunity where the government needed to be ro rose up against, you know? Exactly. 
exactly. Then you end up with another government conspiracy where you have like the people that were out on uh, January 6th where they were just, you know, government employees basically saying, we need to raid the Capitol because they'll intentionally try to do that shit so that they can stomp it down. It's like they'll, they'll rile up the crowd, you know? Cause... And, you know, the funny thing is, is a lot of people don't realize that on January 6th, that's in our constitution. You know, that's our rights that if we feel like we're being controlled by a tyrannical government, we have the right to overthrow that government and establish it with a new one that is written in our constitutions. So technically in my book, you know, you know, some of the people may have went overboard, but they had every right to do what they did on January 6th, you know, whether, you know, it was for, you know, a miscounted vote or the election was rigged or whatever, but it's in our constitution that if we ever feel like our government is suppressing us, we have that right to take them out and replace them with somebody that we feel is fit to run our country. The problem is they like to throw the word terrorism on anything because then they can exactly. do whatever they want about it, where even if somebody's protesting peacefully, all they got to do is get the wrong person riled up. And then all of a sudden it turns into, oh, all these people are domestic terrorists and then they can do whatever the hell they want. And America is going to stand behind them because as soon as Americans hear that word terrorist, instantly that sparks patriotism in a lot of people, no matter what the topic is, you know. It could be a bunch of peaceful people standing outside of a building trying to do a peaceful protest. And as soon as somebody labels them as terrorists, you're going to have a bunch of like, overly patriotic Americans out front, you know, harassing them and doing more damage than they did in the first place, just because you threw that word terrorism in there. I know somebody asked me one time, are you Republican or Democrat? I said, I'm independent. You know, I'm an American citizen. I believe in my rights and I'm a patriot. I believe in my country, not my government. That's how I am. I'm not either side either. Cause I always tell people that it's one of the biggest issues in society is that everybody feels polarized. Cause it's like people will say I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican because they believe in a handful of their views, but then they'll, take in a bunch of their other views that they don't necessarily agree with in order to fit in with that category where so, somebody brought it to me one time, uh, I had a friend, he was like, well, I'm strictly democratic. And I'm like, okay, so you would never vote Republican. Well, no, cause I don't like Republicans. So you got a Democrat that's going up there on the stand. He could be totally, you know, Hey, we're taking your guns away from you. You're going to live off a of fixed income. You got to work this certain type of job, straight communism. You would vote for him just because he was a Democrat. Dude, and that's what it comes down to, too, because you saw that flip happen with a bunch of people that were heavy into Bernie. And then all of a sudden they're like, he was like, all right, I'm not running anymore. Everybody go to Hillary. And everybody clearly didn't want Hillary. That's why they're behind Bernie in the first place. Exactly. And they changed their script, their uh, script real quick because they wanted to fit in with that group. The way I look at it, you're, you're going to vote for the lesser of the two evils. And, you know, to me, it's two headed snake on the same body when it comes to, you know, the Democratic or the Republican Party. Neither one of them really care about the American public. And honestly, the president's just a puppet. And if anybody's taught us that, it's Biden. That dude doesn't know what the hell is oh, going gosh. on half the time. Exactly. Exactly. My, my youngest son, he's just now, you know, understanding politics and everything. He, he just, he laughs when he sees Joe Biden. He said, Dad, how did this guy get voted in? With his whispering all the time and then all of his creepy shit that he did forever. Like, I'm shocked anybody voted for him. Yeah. Considering <laughs> all just the weird shit he says and does. Like, there's videos. You used to be able to find him like crazy. And they've, they started to, like, filter it down off the internet. But you look oh, yeah. at creepy Biden and you could find, like, hour-long montages of it. And the man, uh, he, he can't even put a sentence together. And, you know, my whole thing was, you know, I, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a Biden supporter. I you know, like Obama, he had his good points, just bad timing, you know, like the cash for clunkers idea. Great idea. Everybody should be able to be entitled to buy a new car for a reasonable price. 
but the economy was in such a bad shape, nobody could really afford it. Uh, I do agree with the whole free healthcare for everybody. You know, everybody's entitled to healthcare. And uh, just the way they go about it is wrong. But as capitalism falls in in America, unfortunately, is that like capitalism is viewed as a good thing, but it also has a lot of downfalls to it, such as insurance, for example. That's all just supposed to be a profit grab. Like they're not doing that much help to people. No. But, you know, all presidents, they have their good points and their bad points. And I said to me, the thing that sealed the deal with me as far as Biden went was seeing him walk up the steps uh, his first week in office and him completely stumbling up the steps. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, he's obviously not coherent enough, in my opinion, to lead the country. But they got on our, well, no, he didn't misstep. It was just a breeze that knocked him over. But that's still not a good image. Yeah, a breeze you know? can knock over the president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's supposed to be the leader of the free world. We're supposed to be the one that everybody is looking forward, you know, look, looks to for inspiration. And in my opinion, when they see Joe Biden, they see a weak United States. And I think, in my opinion, I believe that's the reason why Putin's done what he's did, because Joe Biden, in my opinion, doesn't have that backbone like a lot of presidents do did in the past. I think it's the reason why a lot of countries never really took advantage of the situation, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, it kind of shows in the system, though, lately that it's like the country goes for opposites as, as it goes on. It's like you had Trump and then you have Biden, which are very, very opposite people. Yeah. But it's like you just need to start trying to find something in the middle. But again, like I kind of view the president as being more of like a puppet than anything. So it's oh, yeah. like he's the tall guy. Yeah, it's, he's it's the tall guy. There's still the, the whole government's idea that they're trying to push on that's regardless of the president. <laughs> exactly. He's just he's just their mouthpiece. Exactly. That's the way I look at it. I know before the show, you were uh, talking about how you used to do some paranormal research, too. That's definitely yes. a topic that I'd love to dive into because uh, I, de- I definitely am always curious about people's different perspectives on the paranormal. Um, I know uh, I was always one uh, when I ran the ghost hunting group uh, at that time. Uh, I was always one that was I always taught the people that I was bringing in and training them how to you know use the equipment and stuff like that. I always told them, don't ever go into a building and assume that it's haunted and believe that it's haunted. Because you'll hear a floorboard creak and the first thing that you're going to say is, oh, that was a ghost or that was the spirit. But you take and you go in it with a open, I guess not open mind, but you go in as saying, okay, prove to me that this place is haunted. You know, if you go into a place to believe that it is haunted, you're going to hear things, you're going to see things, and you're going to believe that it's haunted. And I know I was on one investigation. It was at a uh, wrestling uh, little area that a building that they used to run wrestling shows out of. And the girl that was supposedly wanting to join the group, she, I'm not saying that, you know, clairvoyance and psychics don't exist, but she was claiming that there was a little girl and um, she was standing by this doorway. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go about this more of a scientific type of look, not just going by what you say. So I took my EMF meter and I, you know, ran it around the area. You know, it was going crazy. So I kind of went into the area that where she supposedly seen this little girl in the doorway and went to this office area. And lo and behold, when I held up the electromagnetic field up towards the wall, that's where all the power lines were running. 
So they were, she was like, Oh, look, the EMS detector's going off. There's somebody standing there. And I'm like, no, it's the, that they're not properly insulated wires. But we did have one thing that did happen that night. We put a chair in the middle of one of the offices and I was getting EMF readings off of a chair in the middle of an office, you know, that I can't explain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a possibility that it might be because supposedly the location where it was at, there used to be a home for orphan, uh, orphan boys that used to be in that area. And I guess, you know, back in early 1900s, they tore it down and rebuilt like a strip mall on top of it. So in my opinion, the investigations that I have been on, I have seen stuff that I can't explain and I have things that I can't explain. So the things that I couldn't explain, that only leads to one other thing, you know, there's a possibility that it might be a haunting. So what, what ideas do you kind of entertain as far as like ghosts go? Do you think that they're like an interdimensional thing? Do you think that they're like a, like a time loop almost? Or do you think that they're like, a, like something left over when people pass away? Because I've heard a lot of different theories about you having two souls where there's like your soul that ascends to the afterlife. And then there's one that's like your shadow soul that like stays here which I've always kind of seen as a probability also. Now that could be a possibility. In my opinion, I believe that, you know, you do have residual hauntings where something so tragic happened that it's like a loop, like a video loop. The person just constantly relives, its spirit constantly relives. It doesn't even acknowledge that you're even in the room. And it's just going through the motions that it went through during its life. And it's reliving it over and over and over again. Uh, I do believe that it, you know, it says, you know, like in the Bible that heaven and hell is someplace that you can't get to in a physical form. You have to be in the spiritual form, which would constitute, I guess you say, as a dimension. So, you know, it's a possibility that there are dimensions. It could be dimensional. Uh, there are like uh, demonic presence. I've uh, My son, he runs the uh, ghost hunting group now. He has encountered stuff that he can't explain and it literally scared the shit out of him. And I, I, you know, I told him, I said, look, you know, that's the possibility could be a demonic spirit that you're dealing with and not a normal human spirit as we see it, but something that is evil that has crossed over dimensions, you know, that has evil intentions. And he's one of them ones, you know, he's kind of like, I know it's a bad reference, but like Zach Baggins from ghost adventures, you know, who, which we all know is all theatrics. Um, mm. uh, he goes in and he purposely tries to get the ghost to do things to him, you know, attacking. And I'm like, you don't need to be doing something like that. Cause you'd be calling on something that can attach itself to you and follow you the rest of your life, you know, and it, it, it may not physically attack you, but it can mentally emotionally attack you. Yeah. Cause that's gets into the whole theory about uh, like shadow people, for example, that a lot of people perceive as possibly ghosts where, they're more so trying to nest. They might be trying to harvest negative energy off of people um, because they could use it as like a source to manifest themselves, for example. Exactly. And then uh, kind of going back into something you said a little bit ago about there being a traumatic experience that happens in a certain location. Uh, one idea that I've always taken into consideration is if something's extremely traumatic and time isn't necessarily linear, um, it could be traumatic enough that it, is overseen through multiple dimensions. And it may not be that it's like residual haunting, but it may be something that's happening, you know, on a, at that same time in that same exact place, but just from a 
less time being linear perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. But I've always thought sense. that was interesting. But uh, I'd love to hear, do you, do you know any of these stories that uh, your son said about these demonic possible areas um, offhand? Like, well, I, I know uh, one of them is, uh, he went on one investigation and uh, I think it was some type of a TB hospital that was up in Troy, Ohio. And he had, he didn't really go into detail about it because I guess it literally scared the living daylights out of him. He's one of them ones that he faces things head on and it takes a lot to really scare him. It scared him bad enough that he actually ran from it. And, and I told him, you know, you, you just watch what you do, you know, don't, bring anything home with you that you might find on the site. Cause he brought a radio home one time. He swore up and down that it had an evil presence about it. And I'm like, you know, he was staying with me at the time. I'm like, don't be bringing that shit in my house, you know, cause I, I don't want nothing to do with this. You know, I, I find interest in it now, but me having mental issues like I've had in the past that, that causes a negative energy to attach itself to me. And all I know is he said it had to do with a little kid and it literally, he, I guess he's seen a little kid in a demonic form and it was enough to scare him to death that he said extra creepy about kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that and creepy dolls. Those are the two things I, I know I can't handle that. I mean, at all, you show me a creepy doll. Uh, I'm like a little kid watching a horror movie. I scream. I nope, no, no part of it. And you know, like, little kids are just even worse. I mean, I've got six of my own and those are just enough terrors for me. I could just imagine seeing a demonic looking child, even though my youngest, I do believe she is demonic, <laughs> but yeah, but he, he said it was enough to scare him that he, he don't really like talking about it a whole lot. Actually, that kind of sparked a different interest in my mind too, hearing that story. Um, I'm sure you've heard about the black eyed children. Yes. Um, do you believe that that might be something extraterrestrial or do you think that might be something demonic? demonic i do believe it's demonic especially the creepiness of them asking to come in like i feel like that goes into a lot of urban legends about you have I mean, to invite we're just sitting here out. talking about that and i got goosebumps it's just it's just one of them things I, I couldn't imagine a kid screaming at me with black eyes screaming at me let me in let me in let me in especially knocking at your front door and like you Middle open your door night. and they wouldn't necessarily walk in you have to invite them in which makes it ultra creepy because that falls into like the vampire legends exactly Exactly. Cause it just, it just, those things I, I know my son asked me if I believed in them. And I said, to be honest with you, yes, I do. I said, I don't believe that there's enough reported sightings because, you know, people are first thing when they see something, whether it be a cryptid, a UFO, a ghost, or, you know, like even a, a BEK, they get labeled as loony mm -hmm. and crazy. And, you know, all you were just seeing stuff. So a lot, I think a lot of those stories, they're not really published or publicized because people are afraid of backlash and ridicule. So they keep a lot of that to themselves. Especially if they live in like a very suburban normal area. And then you're talking about how these random kids came to your house, knocking at your door, asking to come in at like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Cause like, they need to make a phone call or something. It's new. No, no, no. Number one, what are you doing out in the middle of the night, knocking on people's doors? You're a kid. That's enough just to scare, you know, the snot out of me especially if you look in their eyes and all you see is black that, that just, no, 
how about the description of the clothes they wear that they're not like modern day clothes also makes it extra creepy too yeah very creepy and i mean I, i've seen videos you know uh youtube some of them i do question some of them i you can obviously see that it was a setup or it was a fake but some of them i'm looking at and i'm like no 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 because i know there was one it's like uh, when the bek's first started making the rounds being uh i guess talked about this guy was in a car with his girl and trying to get her to make out and he she starts freaking out he looks out his driver's side window and there's one of those kids standing at his window and you know he's telling the kid you know what are you doing out it's late go away and the kid was like let me in your car and he's like no you're not getting in my car and he rolled up his window the kid got so violent he was grabbing the door and shaking the car screaming i mean a little kid shaking a car that's <laughs> kind of creepy enough you know a kid with that much strength and that gave me goosebumps just hearing that if i'm being honest with you <laughs> it, it was creepy when i watched it i just like I, I cannot watch this video again it just it just scared literally it scared me to death because i couldn't imagine being in a situation like that that you know you look over and there's a kid standing there with black eyes screaming at you let me in and shaking your car you know a grown man that's different a grown man can shake a car but a kid that's 10 11 years old there's no way he has that much strength to shake a whole car like that Say, I'd love if you sent me that video after the show. I'm really curious, and I really want to see that now. I'll have to see if I can find it. I know I stumbled upon it. It was on, uh, I think it was on Reddit. So, and Reddit's one of them ones, you know, you got to kind of question. But it was enough to make me think, of, well, you know, there's a possibility that this might be a real, you know, phenomenon that's going on. Say, it kind of sucks, too, that, like, with the internet now, it's cool for the sake of, like, making videos, but at the same time, though, if you're part of, like, a truther community, like, it's so easy to manipulate a video to make it whatever you want now. It's like, oh, exactly. you can't believe recording. So even if people are recording these black-eyed children or they're recording UFOs or whatever, like... First thing people say, hoax. Yep. Or, you know, you edited that on the internet, like, whatever. That's, like, the mm -hmm. first thing that anybody goes to. Yep. You know, I have seen videos. I mean, you could obviously see, I know there's one, I can't remember. Uh, it's on YouTube. He uh, published it. It's a rubber ducky with glowing eyes. that's in the sky. And, you know, it's during a thunderstorm. If you look at it, it looks realistic, but you know, common sense tells you rubber ducks aren't that big and they don't have glowing eyes and they don't circle around, you know, a city, but it, it was so well done that it actually looked real. And to me, when you got people that actually are putting out those videos, even if it's for entertainment, it kind of discredits the ones that are actually factual. Yeah, especially like the UFO videos are, I feel like, the main one that people can easily, like, how hard is it to, like, take a really crappy picture of a plane and then throw, like, a cloud filter over it, and then people kind of look past it, too, in a sense, you know? Well, I know the, uh, uh, there's a guy, uh, I think his name is Night God 333 I don't know if I'm allowed the name drop. But uh, he just recently started up. He had a, uh, if you get on Google Earth, and I think it's in Bermuda. If you go onto this one, I have to look it up and send you a link to it. Uh, if you go on it, he's got it marked on the uh, Google Earth as UFO. If you get on there and you follow, you know, the arrows to go down to the certain area and you look up in the sky, you could see it. Yeah, it kind of looks like a spaceship, but a lot of people was pointing out, dude, that's just a bird that got caught mid-flight and it's blurred so you know you got people out there that automatically they see something that's all what they automatically assume that it is mm -hmm. you know oh i seen a picture it's a blurred bird but it looks like a ufo so it's a ufo oh no because you know you could actually just study and look at it close up you could obviously see that it's a bird that's caught in mid-flight
There's a lot of that Google Maps stuff, though, that is extremely questionable. Like one thing that I've been looking at lately is in the middle of Antarctica, there's a clearly put their big circle that it's mm-hmm. like blocking some part of the terrain there. It's like right in the center. And then another one that I recently found was uh, you go to Australia, you go off this particular island off Australia and you zoom mm-hmm. in really far and there's no city, nothing there. And then there's like one pin drop location and you pin drop to that. And the best way to describe it is it's like a circular room with a bunch of plastic chairs all around and there's some type of like floating monitor in the middle. And then you look up and it's like a big, almost looks like a, I don't know, like a giant like hole of some sort, like the picture's taken down in a hole. But Mm -hmm. the weird part about it was that I was trying to show somebody the past two days and now you can't bring that image up, but I took a bunch of screenshots of it beforehand, but just like weird shit like that on Google maps. It's just like, I know there's a place in Japan. uh, That's it's like, uh, one of the, the whole back room. I don't know if you know that story. Uh, Kane Pixels that's on YouTube. He does the whole back room storyline. If you it's, want to explain it, I'd appreciate it for the listeners too. Like uh, he has, uh, he, he's come out and said that it's not real, that it, it's like a, he's only 16 years old. And this guy is, this kid is like amazing when it comes to, a lot of people's like, oh, he does all his work on Blender. And uh, I mean, this guy, this kid has a future and, definitely special effects and movies but uh it's supposedly they have found an interdimension that you go into the uh it's called the back rooms when you go into it it's just like this green area and it's like non-stop walls and cubicles but there's nothing there no office or furniture or nothing uh there's creatures that supposedly live there you know people have their different versions i know there's one that's out there spongebob's running around an evil spongebob is killing people (laughs) And uh, he's, he was filming a movie, and uh, this is how it all started. He was filming a movie with uh, some of his friends. It was like a class project, and he stepped back. And when he stepped back, he fell into like a hole. When he, woke, when he came to and he picked up his camera, it was just long corridors of just fluorescent lights and green walls and green carpet. The ceiling was even green. And it leads to nowhere, at least to certain areas lead to nowhere. Certain areas lead to circles. You know, you circle back around. Uh, there's one uh, part of his videos that guy stumbles upon a whole neighborhood that's inside of this. And he goes inside this house and there's a bunch of one-way signs everywhere. And you hear somebody screaming, help, 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 help. And, you know, he's trying to figure out what it is. And this guy's like in a uh, one of those hazmat suits. And it supposedly was filmed on a videotape back in the 90s. And uh, it goes into like the whole, it's, it's just really weird. I mean, if you ever look it up, just check out uh, Kane Pixels on YouTube uh, backrooms or just look up the backrooms. It'll, it'll give you all the different types of videos that's out there. But supposedly on Google Earth, I don't know exactly where it's at, but in Japan, there's like these two circular buildings that you can pin drop on it and get inside of it. And it's literally one of those back rooms, but it goes down to like this long pit. And if you, you know how you can turn the camera to look at and down in it. Mm-hmm. It's just nonstop lights to where it's just a single pinpoint of light. It's like this deep, deep hole. It's one of the things I found on Google Earth. Are those uh, you said that those were fake for sure, or those aren't there? Are some people sure. some people say they they are real and that King Pixels is just like the outlet to release them, that they are real, the backrooms do exist, but a lot of people just believe that everybody's jumping on to the whole back room. Cause I know there, I downloaded a, a game from my laptop. It's called the back rooms. It's based upon that. And you just pretty much roam around this green area and try to run from monsters. <laughs> but uh, 
Kind of reminds me of, uh, if you heard of that movie Cabin in the Woods? It came yes. out in 2013. Yes. It reminds me of something like that, almost. I, you know? My favorite one in that whole movie was that whole stoner. He was the only one that actually didn't <laughs> fall for any of that stuff, and they couldn't figure out why he wouldn't fall for it, because he brought his own shit with him. He didn't smoke the shit you all left with him. He was the only sensible one. But I laughed till I cried when I seen Chris Hemsworth bounce off that whole barrier thing. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I wasn't expecting it. My wife sitting there watching, she's like, that's not funny. I said, that was freaking hilarious. What are you talking about? I did not expect that. Dude, that yeah. movie, I like I gotta say, is like one of those scary movies that was needed where it was just you didn't expect anything that was gonna happen in that movie. I, oh, I, I no. love that movie as far as horror goes. That's one of my favorite movies. Yes, yes, it was definitely, definitely. An eye treat, that's for sure. It's definitely something that the horror field definitely need. And I'm a huge horror buff, huge horror buff. I mean, I don't care what time of the year it is. It could be Christmas time. I'll put on a horror movie and watch it. <laughs> then I would The Grinch Stole Christmas. That's the Krumpus. That's when you watch that movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like on uh, on Halloween, throughout the whole month of Halloween. That's I mean, I'll watch every single Halloween movie. I know uh, here... What was it just a few weeks ago? We had Friday the 13th. So I had myself a Friday the 13th marathon and watched nothing but the Jason movies. See, I question stuff too, being the conspiracy theorist that I am that, uh, you know, it's kind of like old sci-fi. If they're going to hide stuff in anything, it would probably be within movies and media. So oh, like yeah. the whole idea of like cabin in the woods, like, I don't know, man, the way technology is now, like, I think that's definitely theoretically possible, especially oh, yeah. considering all the shadow government stuff where they pray to like, you know, you know, they were their Saturn worshipers and stuff. Yeah, like the ancient titans of the earth. Definitely probable. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I know I've always heard that uh, that's the best way they condition the human, uh, well, the American people or even the human race is they slowly integrate stuff into movies and get you so desensitized to it that when it actually happens in real life, it's like, okay, well, that happened. Oh, well, you know, you've seen it. You know, I always use Squid Games as an example of that, or Squid Game, that's how I think it's called, is that yeah. it's like anybody rational, if they got thrown in a situation like that, they would have freaked out like everybody at first when they all get shot and died. But, you know, if you know it's coming, it's like almost like elitist could make a game off of that. And honestly, I don't think that's something in the future. I already think that's that's already something that's happening. Well, kind of like if you look at the whole 12 monkeys and you compare it to the whole COVID crisis. And, you know, like the whole monkeypox that's coming in. Uh, I know shortly after the whole COVID crisis ended that you heard one story. I heard one story about it. it was somewhere in Pennsylvania that a truckload full of laboratory monkeys crashed and they couldn't exactly capture all the monkeys. And, you know, with labs and them still doing animal experiments, it's hard telling what they've had injected into them. So they kind of took me back to the whole 12 monkeys thing. You know, when we watched 12 monkeys back in the nineties, was they actually trying to tell us, you know, this is what's in store for you in the future and desensitizing you to it to like, where do you heard the whole COVID thing? You panicked. And then after time, you know, now that the whole monkey pox coming and they've got us so conditioned, oh, well, well, I'll put the mask back on and I'll protect myself because they've been so desensitized to it. Say, and think about how many movies there are that fit into that whole concept even besides that with even like contagion for example or outbreak yeah or even any any zombie movie dude like they got people scared of if there's any kind of outbreak that some crazy shit's gonna happen so people are already going into that post-apocalyptic mindset even going into covid thanks to like watching so many zombie movies and shit yeah my kids i know when i was growing up uh you know back in the 70s and 80s you would never catch a show like walking dead on television because the censors were so you know the 
ratings board and the MPAA were so cracked down on that stuff. But nowadays, you know, they can pretty much get away with anything on TV. Mm -hmm. And it's just pretty much to program you to that. If this happens in real life, you're already going to be used to it. You've seen it. And I think that's the reason why so, so many people has become so numb to like, you know, wars and seeing war footage. You know, we've seen it all of our lives. It's nothing new to us. It's not enough to scare us anymore like it used to. Even like war propaganda within video games. Like I'm a firm believer that the reason why war games are so popular is because it's all subliminal to make people want to join the military. Well, I know one of the conspiracies were uh, that Call of Duty was actually created by the uh, Defense Department of the U.S., to start training people to see who is actually would be a fighter and who would actually survive and who wouldn't. It glorifies the whole concept of like war. Mm -hmm. I think it's something fun. And even just playing games like that, like you use a bunch of different like futuristic technology. Like you have like the little uh, RCs that explode. Uh, you have all the different like little think. planes that you fly. Like just going off of that, you're already kind of teaching people how to do those things because I'm sure that the module set up for all those different types of uh, technology that the government has probably aren't too far off from like how they'd be set up on call of duty. As far as like the, this is the fly, this is how you shoot. This is this. Well, I always heard the uh, whole story about Pokemon go, you know, how it follows you around when you're playing it and it knows all the terrain and stuff that's around you, that that program was actually stemmed from a, an old CIA program where they would spy on American people and they can, you know, determine I've heard stories that, you know, they have technology out there now that they could actually kind of like see through walls that they can see what you're doing. You may not be getting a clear, detailed picture, but they could actually determine what's going on in your households just by the spy satellites. that's up above the earth, whether or not that's true. You know, I don't know. But it, it, to me, it's a good possibility because we don't know what our government's capable of. It's like another level of sonar in a way, if you really think about it. And even just like Pokemon Go, like everybody was openly telling everybody every location they're in at any given time. So they're already giving the government something that they wanted. Like they want to know where you are all the time and you're giving them permission to do it. Exactly. Just off your phone, you're doing that shit. Every single time you go on Facebook, they know your exact location, you know? Yeah, I try, I try not to turn on my location. <laughs> Anytime I'm on my cell phone, I always turn it off because... That's the last thing I want is somebody watching me and everything that I buy, purchase, you know, where I go, what I do. And there's only one person that should know about that. Well, a couple of people, me and my wife and my family, they're the only ones that really should know that. Even on like a non-conspiratorial way, like that's how they manipulate people into buying things is oh, they yes. just track the places you go to. Uh, they track the things that you search up so they can throw these placed ads in. And then they make people feel like they have to buy these things for like, oh, it's reading. My like, it's a joke now. Everybody's like, oh, it's like Facebook read my mind. I was talking about this and it popped up. Ha ha. Like, yeah, they think it's all funny. <laughs> I see a big problem with that. You know, you're, you're talking about buying kitty litter. The next thing you know, you see ads for kitty litter showing up on your news feed. Yeah. And that's just a whole other form of like mind control, too. Because <laughs> they're just I, learning how to use algorithms to. I won't even own an Alexa in my house for that reason. Dude, I have a, a okay Google just for the sake of my lights in my front room, but it sounds kind of weird. But as soon as I'm doing anything, like if I'm talking about conspiracies, if I'm doing anything like that, I, I unplug that thing instantly. When I'm not using it, like I unplug it. Like, and I have like a camera for my dogs, and uh -huh. I use that when I'm not home so I can see what my dogs are doing. But the second I walk in the door, you know, that's one of the first things I unplug. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you on that one. 
it's like it's useful but you have to use it practically you know like don't let other people have the opportunity because even if exactly. you don't government like anybody could hack in and just watch yeah you always hear those horror stories about people hacking in on baby monitors yep so you know the, how easy would it be for them to hack in onto you know your laptop or a, you know google or an alexa and listen in on your conversations know you you know everything about you yeah just even on some creepy shit just some random ass person that's a hacker and knows how to do it like you'll see those videos of people talking to people's kids through their baby monitors like hey kid how's yeah. it going i'm santa claus like yeah you know that they could do that then you know they they could probably tap into pretty much anything and the government you know is minimum probably like 30 years ahead of us as far as technology goes from what we know so like we're looking at this kind of shit but you know they're on a whole other level of watching up on us you know well i always heard what you're being what you know like the new cell phones and all the new technology that's come out this was already our government already knew about it 15 years ago i mean any technology we have is meant for government use like think about almost any item you have in your house and there's a government reason why they would want that item a web camera Mm -hmm. boom they can you know send video from across from totally different locations the internet you know they can communicate with each other from remote locations um shit even fucking alexa you know what i mean like voice technology to do things for you like that's some straight government technology as far as you know like a soldier for example saying like you know um you know they like they ha- they have like a specific gun or something like that and they're like night vision and it switches and they're like thermal vision switch switch yeah like it makes more sense to have practical voice commands for things like that yeah and even just being able to tell your thoughts like you got to think about the government use for that too is that like they could have drone setups where it's strictly just this helmet you put on your head that picks up your brain waves and it's like you flying the plane with your thoughts like that's it sounds crazy but they're making like neuralinks and stuff like that exactly neuralink because i was gonna say neuralink you know where you're able to surf the web play video games just using your eyes and your mind to me that's just it's just outrageous and wild you know I never did think once in my life that my hands would be totally useless to me. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like some Black Mirror stuff, though, because there's a few episodes of that where it's like they uh, block somebody from seeing other people. And it's like once you have that near link in your head or in the back of your neck, wherever it happens to go, like, good luck taking that thing out when they start, you know, telling you like, hey, you have to obey us. Otherwise, we're not going to give you the new upgrade or, hey, you need to obey us. Otherwise, we're going to blacklist you from everybody. So you can't talk to anybody. It's kind of like the whole. Oh, have you ever seen the movie uh, Belco Experiment? Uh, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. If you care to reiterate, it's a, uh, they, it's like this corporation that's in Colombia, and, uh, they put these trackers in the back of these people's necks and it's supposedly to track, you know, where they're at, you know, easier for them to keep control, not control, keep track on their, uh, their employees is what they were told. And this is like in the middle of nowhere in Colombia, And, uh, during the, one of the work days, a voice comes over uh, intercom and tells them they're going to be running an experiment that there's like 75 employees that 30 of them have to die within two hours by any means necessary. And if you try to escape or you try to send out for help or anything like that, any type of distress, that little microchip that they put in the back of your head wasn't actually a microchip. It was an explosion, a little explosive device, and it would explode the back of your head and kill you. So, you know, you either had to make the choice, you either fought to stay alive or you took out people and, you know, there's one guy in there. He was keeping a whole body count on it. That just shows how fast people could flip too. Oh yeah. That situation. When it comes to survival, you know, it just shows you that's what the whole experiment was about. And one guy actually does survive it. And he takes out the people that was behind him by 
uh, two other guys are big stoners. They were cutting out the explosives in the back of the people's heads and thinking they were going to blow through the steel doors that they put over, you know, the windows and stuff that they couldn't escape from. They thought they were going to blow a hole in it. Well, he gathered them all up and stuck them on each one of the people that he encountered that was running the experiment and ended up killing them at the end. And at the end of the movie, come to find out it only wasn't in Colombia. It was ran throughout the whole world. There was different corporations that were involved with it, like Japan and all them. It, it pans out. It's got all these different TV screens that you see all the survivors that actually survived it. See, that kind of reminds me of back to that cabin in the woods kind of concept that again, they're trying to trickle feed the whole idea that they're doing these big monitor experiments and making it sound like it's not so crazy when they're actually doing it. But like, come to find out, it's like Nazis were definitely doing shit like that. So who's this, who knows what the fucking government's doing now, as far as experiments like that, you know? Yeah. Especially with today's technology. Yeah, especially like how easy would it be to say like, hey, all these homeless people, hey, we, we have this job we want you to do. Uh, we got you, you know, you get them all in a building and then boom, you just start running an experiment like that. You say like, hey, whoever lives is going to get food and then what's going to happen? You're going to see the worst in humans come out. That crowd mentality, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Say so it's it's when it comes to the crowd, man, it's like it doesn't matter how strong willed the most strong willed person is in there. The weakest person is going to be the one that sets the pace for the entire crowd. As soon as one person starts going crazy and killing everybody, everybody else is going to go instantly into survival mode. And it's just a downward spiral from there. And it's, it's technically what the Belko experiment is. I mean, it, it's it's really an interesting movie. I know I know I think Tubi has it on there. It's either Tubi or Peacock has it. You know, it's free. So I, I got bored one on. I was like, I got to check this movie out. I got to see it. I've always heard things about it. And I was really impressed with it. It kind of makes you, you know, shows you that what, how humans can go to their most primordial instincts just to survive. Or if you put money in front of them, that's what happens with stuff yeah. like a good game. Yeah. Money's definitely the, that's what I tell my kids, you know, when they get like a dollar for doing a chore or something. And I'm like, you know, you guys don't realize it. I said, what does it say on the back of that dollar? And they're like, in God we trust. I said, exactly. That right there is your God. That's, that's kind where of they a messed up concept, too. I never, like, like, I have thought of it that way, but like, I haven't heard it as literal as that. Cause, you know, that's what makes the world go around. You can't, you can't survive without money. You know, you need money for practically everything in the world. See, and what's the backing of money? It's power. Because it's like everybody thinks all these shadow governments and all this kind of shit are doing things for money. But realistically, the money is just part of it. But what they're really trying to do is have power. Well, they know that if they can maintain that power, the easiest way to control the person is through monetary gain. Because, you know, they give somebody a million dollars. Of course, you know, they're going to do exactly what the person tells them to do. The shadow government tells them to do because they gave them all this money. Money motivates people. I mean, you see that normal work, too, that people, you know, they get the manager position and they're willing to shit on everybody behind them just because they have a little bit more money in front of them. I always use the metaphor. It's kind of like a like a donkey with a carrot in front of its face to get that carrot. It's willing to shit on everything behind it. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the way, you know, people would be when it comes down to money, too. I mean, I can't say that I personally would, you know, they always say, you know, if you ever won a million dollars, you think it'd ever change you. I, I never had a million dollars, so I can't say it would change me or it wouldn't. I said, regardless, I still be humble. You know, I'm still thankful for the life that I got. Yeah, it all comes down to uh, like the person that's behind the money, I guess, you know, like it's all about the intentions of that person that if they're a good person at heart, it's going to come out and they're going to be the people that donate to charity and do all that kind of shit. And if it's somebody that's a shysty person, 
then of course they're going to be shysty about that money too. And very shady about it too. Although you're going to have everybody come out of the woodwork also. So even if you're a kind hearted person, you're going to have, you know, relatives you haven't talked to in years being like, Oh, how's it going? You know, I missed you all this time. Yeah. Yeah. You get, it's kind of like if you shut the Wi-Fi off in your house, you find relatives that were hiding in your house. They didn't even know about coming out of the work. What happened to the or the Wi-Fi? It's turned off. <laughs> yeah. You got your next door neighbor you going, from? Hey, <laughs> internet's not working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I guess we're starting to uh, go on to about an hour and a half, hour and a half or so here. So um, I guess we can start doing the closing stuff. All right. Uh, so I always like to leave us some words of wisdom from the guests uh, to the listeners. So uh, what would um, you be, say your words of wisdom would be? My words of wisdom would be live life to its fullest. Uh, make life what you want to make it. You know, make sure it's on good intentions, not bad intentions. And as always, you know, somebody asked me what my thoughts are about things. I always tell them one thing. It always makes them laugh to just remember, no matter where you go, you're always there. Good words to live by. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and uh, I also like to do a part two where uh, you can drop all your information. So if everybody enjoyed this conversation, they want to look into the stuff that you do, uh, they know where to go. Okay. Um, I could be found on Instagram at Crypto Country. Uh, on TikTok at Cryptic Country 649. Uh, I had to change it because I got hacked. <laughs> uh, I do have a Facebook page, which is listed Cryptic Country. Uh, my Twitter page is Cryptic Country. And if you have any type of cryptids that you may want me to cover or find a video about or discuss, uh, you can send it to CryptidCountry2022 at gmail.com. Awesome. I really appreciate you making the time to come on today. This is a really fun conversation. Oh, I enjoyed it. Thank you. We went a lot of different places. Start off with cryptids, turn into the government, start talking about, you know, <laughs> just a little bit everywhere. And that's that's what it comes down to, man. That's what I love about these kinds of shows and the setup of the shows, because, you know, you really get to know somebody this way. And like I said, it's the only way you can gain knowledge is, you know, I may tell you something that you didn't know. You may tell me something I didn't know. So it's the only way you can grow your knowledge. Exactly. Bounce ideas off each other and make new connections and new uh, new perspectives on things. Exactly. To all the listeners that are still around, I appreciate you staying around, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation, and I guess uh, I'll see you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.